This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide episode 549. Thanks for joining me once again. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, TikTok launches an investigation into itself. We take a look at the report card on the Australian 5G networks and how a smart speaker can get you back on track and motivated to achieve your goals. In the Tech Guide reviews, we take a look at the Arlo Pro 5 2K security camera. DJI has released a drone with a triple camera, and Ecovax makes a price breakthrough with its latest robot vacuum. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear. That's the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. TikTok has been in the headlines for a while now and mainly around the interest around the security and privacy of the platform. There's been a lot of speculation on exactly how secure and private that the platform actually is in terms of what they do with the data they collect. TikTok, like every other advertising-driven social media platform, does collect data and being a Chinese company, that's kind of created another a red flag for a lot of people who are thinking that the data is just automatically being just handed over to the Chinese government. TikTok has denied all of these things, of course, and every time this issue comes up has been a regular, a regular news story since TikTok became this breakthrough platform a couple of years ago. But what TikTok has decided to do is to launch an investigation into itself not only into itself, but also how it compares to other similar platforms. Now, this was an investigation that was done by a professor of cybersecurity at Monash University, Nigel Fair. I actually know Nigel, have known him for quite a, quite a while. He's a straight shooter, knows his stuff. And they asked him to conduct this investigation into the data, security, privacy, all of those things which we'll get to. Now, this report was uh, handed to three journalists, myself, Trevor Long, and David Swan from The Australian. And we were given as well a briefing with David Fair. So we had a chance to talk to, sorry, Nigel Fair. We we had a, a chance to talk to Nigel about his report before we actually were able to report on that on the on the actual investigation there was an embargo to that report now it was given to just the three of us there are some other people who threw the toys out of the cop because they weren't included and they they uh, they, they had to report it after the fact and but I think they took took exception to the fact that myself and Trevor and David uh, had had it before them but that's just how they decided to do it, and I wasn't going to argue with that. Trevor and I were actually together when we did our had our chat with Nigel. We were actually recording our two blokes talking tech podcast, and the the time of the of the briefing happened to coincide with the fact that we were together. So we actually chatted to Nigel together, 
and asked several questions about the report, how how much freedom he was given, and it, it, from what he said, he was given no limit on what he can what he can look at. There was there was he wasn't given any sort of particular instructions from TikTok to favour them against these other platforms. So even though TikTok commissioned this report themselves, from talking to Nigel and reading the report, it is pretty fair and balanced. There there's nothing in the report that you can't see yourself if you took a look at privacy policies and did your own investigations into what sort of data or every, all of these platforms accept. And, and the privacy policies have got some uh, interesting things as well to talk about. So the report, entitled Entertainment in the Digital Age, an investigation into data leakage and privacy concerns of digital platforms. So this was Nigel's report. It took a close look at Google, Facebook, which also known as Meta, Twitter, and TikTok. So these were the four platforms that formed the basis of this investigation. So what they looked at was the amount of data collected, how many data points were collected. There was also a look at how users' data is, is conducted, how it's shared, where it's sent, what's done with it. And that formed the basis of the report. Now, before all this had taken place, there had been some incidents in the in the previous weeks. First one was the US government instructing that no government devices could run the TikTok platform. That was that was decided a few weeks ago. And funny enough, the Albanese government followed suit. They decided, okay, if uh, American uh, if Americans aren't going to allow them on government devices, then neither are we. And so they, the Albanese government advised the staff that app, the app could not be used on any government-issued devices. But that's the thing. that A lot of politicians have been using TikTok. And what they've, if they were to use TikTok on, uh, say, it was a, a government-issued device or on their own personal device, the, the amount of data collected on that particular person would be exactly the same. So if, if they did, if, if one politician says, well, I want to build my followers and I'm going to use TikTok as my platform and they used it on their private device, then it's going to collect precisely the same data it would with the permission of the user as it would on the government device. So the, the, the reason the government devices were banned here is because of this fear of the data ending up in the hands of the Chinese government. But we'll get to we'll get to some how data is shared with not only TikTok but other platforms as well. The 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 this hysteria around this obviously originates from the fact that TikTok's parent company ByteDance is a Chinese company, and they've been continually denying the fact that data is regularly sent to China, uh, and they insist that the servers for TikTok have said this countless times are located in Singapore and the US. So the, the fact that the suspicion that data was being sent back to China has caused the greatest concern. And the reason why those governments, Australian and the US governments have decided no government devices to run it. And this has been the issue. Now, Nigel's report didn't just look at those social media platforms that we spoke about. It also looked at other companies that do business internationally, that do business. We're talking banks, telcos, and even payment platforms. 
And the report found that two of the big four banks, ANZ and the Commonwealth Bank, a large telco, which is Telstra, and several high-profile tech companies, including Afterpay, also share their data with China. Now, this is for everyone to see, if you were to dig into the ANZ, Commonwealth Bank, Telstra, Afterpay's privacy policies, they will say in plain English that they share their data with other uh, other countries, other uh, jurisdictions, it was the wording, including the US and China. Now, no hysteria about that, but TikTok, unfortunately, they, they attracted that, that, that kind of uh, concern because, A, they're an Australian company. Oh, sorry, a Chinese company. They're not an Australian company. But these other companies are Australian companies and other companies in the US, I'm sure, have similar privacy policies. So this is Nigel looking at information that you can see your, for yourself. So it's not like he's uncovered something that you couldn't find out for yourself. There's the transparency of those other pla- those other companies, and good on them, ANZ, Commonwealth, Telstra, in their privacy policy says that data may or will be shared in those other jurisdictions. Whether they do it or not is uh, uh, not for us to know, but they say that it is a possibility that it can happen so that it is there. And as I said, TikTok's always maintained they don't share data with China, Servers are in Singapore and the US. Now, those publicly available privacy policies of those other organizations clearly show that they share personal data with overseas-based entities, including China. Now, according to Nigel's report, Nigel Fair, more than half of the world's population is on social media. He did a bit of digging here, some interesting stats on the the numbers uh, in Australia. On average, we spend two hours and four minutes on social media per day. That's a lot, isn't it? The average time per month with users spend on TikTok is 29 hours, 36 minutes. Facebook is 17 hours, 48 minutes. Instagram is eight hours, 36 minutes. WhatsApp, five hours, 36 minutes. That's a long time. TikTok right at the top there. So the average time per user, TikTok is at the top of the list. Now, TikTok reportedly reaches... 37% of Australian adults, or about 7.4 million people, and is the world's fifth most used social media platform, and they have a billion global monthly active users. In Australia, Facebook leads with 18.12 million active users, Instagram second with 13.62 million active users, Twitter 6.96 million active users. So do you see how Twitter's average time per month is higher than those other platforms, but those other platforms actually have more monthly, more active users. So it's the amount of time they spend on the platform. TikTok is punching above its weight in terms of less less use act, monthly active users, but more time spent on the platform. Now let's talk about data, and what what Nigel Fair's done here. He's looked at he he picked out. 40 of the most common data points that these platforms look at. So you're talking about name, date of birth, payment information, email, location, time zone, carrier name, operating system, all these things, the most common 40 points of data. 
So how do they all fare? Out of 40 points, Google topped the list by collecting 39 of 40 data points. Second was Facebook. 33 of the 40 data points had been collected. TikTok came in third, 31 of 40. Twitter, 29 of 40. So this is a a look across the board data collection. They all collect data. And I've said countless times in the past, whenever the product is free, the user, we are the product. And that's why they collect the data because we are the product. And that allows them then to market back to us various things that we do. We look at various things. That means, oh, if he looks at this, he might be interested in this. Or she looks at this and she might be liking this. So that's how it all works. That's how they get their, that's how they earn their money on the platform. So I'm going to read though the conclusion to the report from Nigel. Really comprehensive. It was like an eight-page report. There was a lot of stats and some pretty pretty thorough work here. And again, this was all done by TikTok wanted them to be compared, wanted them to see how they sit, not only with what they do, but how they compare to other similar platforms. And that is exactly what this report has achieved. The report conclusion says, the four digital platforms considered, Google, Facebook, TikTok, and and Twitter, are similar in their collection of data. In light of these similarities, and the ubiquitous nature of overseas data flows, the case for singling out digital platforms based solely on their country of origin appears misconceived. That is the full report. You can read more on on Tech Guide. There's some stats and stuff in there. But as I said, I know Nigel, have known him for a long time. And I I did, myself and Trevor at the same time, did get a chance to talk to him. We asked him several questions about how he was, how he conducted it, was he given any kind of instructions? No, he wasn't. He he told us all the all the ins and outs of the of the report and how he came up with the investigation, how he discovered all those things in the privacy policy, which anyone could, if they want to take the trouble, can find for themselves. It's all there in the report. And if you want to check it out for yourself, you can do that. Techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. Now, you know what? I've traveled a fair amount uh, in the US and in Europe and various parts of the world. And I always think that our Australian mobile networks are really punching above their weight. They really perform very well compared to other countries in terms of consistency and speeds. We do pretty well here in Australia, considering that there are the three major telcos and that our population is way lower than a lot of other countries. And, and our, But our nation, our, our actual landmass is a lot bigger than other countries, so it does present all kinds of challenges. So I'm always interested when there is any kind of report that is released about our networks and their performances. And Open Signal just happened to, late last week, release the Australian Mobile Network Experience Report which really had some interesting results. So the report documents customer experiences on Australia's mobile network. So the big the big three here, Telstra, Optus, and Vodafone. Some surprising results here. Telstra were the most consistent mobile network on, in the report, but Optus had the fastest 5G download speeds. So Telstra has been the most awarded operator in the report. So they've won six awards outright. They share the 5G video experience as well with Optus. But for consistent quality, Telstra won out. Their score of 83.1 
was actually followed. Second was Vodafone. So consistent quality Vodafone had 80%. Optus was 77.2. Now, in terms of consistency, Telstra yet to be defeated in the open signal mobile reports. They've been going for about seven years now. So Telstra seems to be the best overall, but digging deeper, you find these other little details, including the fact that Optus provided the fastest average 5G download speeds. The fastest download speed on average with Optus was 229.6 megabits per second. That's the average speed. So you can imagine how high they can go. Now, this is 14.6 megabits per second faster than Telstra and double that of Vodafone, which recorded 106.8 megabits per second So they, for, for their average 5G speeds. Telstra, again, out in front when it comes to overall downloaded speed experience. So overall speed experience, so 5G, 4G, all across Telstra was number one with 59.6 megabits per second, 3.9 megabits per second faster than Optus, 11.8 megabits per second faster than Vodafone. But get this, Vodafone has the greatest 5G availability. And what that means, that's the amount of time customers have an active 5G connection. So more Vodafone customers, if they look at their phone, see 5G on their device than the Telstra and Optus customers. Optus was found to have the best video experience. You've got to remember, we love playing games on our devices. So they've got the best overall video experience, game experience, and voice app experience as well. But when it comes to 5G multiplayer gaming, Vodafone came out on top with a score of 80 points out of 100. Optus was second on 78.8. Telstra, third with 77.4. Interesting stuff there. And look, Telstra, of course, in terms of consistency, Telstra, they're still at the top. But in terms of speeds and other experiences, the other networks actually have, uh, they're doing pretty well. Optus, fastest average 5G speeds, which is pretty impressive. Vodafone, more 5G availability. Uh, I think... uh, a really thorough report here. You can you can dive a little bit deeper if you want. We've we've published a, a graphic on on Tech Guide as well. But again, I love to hear how we're how we're performing, and this is all based on on your experiences, customer experiences on the networks. This isn't a study. This is customer experiences, so real world, real time experiences by you. So no no fudging the numbers. This is actually how it is. The lie of the land in the mobile networks. If you want to read more about that, you can check it out, techguide.com.au. Now, I don't know about you. Uh, did you set any New Year's resolutions? Uh, I'm not going to tell you whether I did. Well, I kind of did, but I, I, I sort of try to do the same thing every year. But we all get pretty ambitious when it comes to setting these resolutions. And here we are in, it's early May, so four months in, four and a bit months in. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot that have lost motivation. In fact, research by Amazon found that 61% of Australians who set goals at the start of the year fail to meet those resolutions after just three months. Now, the reasons for giving up, lack of motivation. 52% were too busy, 36%. Disorganisation, 
19%, and forgetfulness, 19%. So there's a few things required to help you maintain and reach those goals. The one big thing, and I've had this experience in the past whenever I've done like training programs and, and various things, I do find that I hit those goals, hit those targets if I have accountability. If there's there's someone that you're or something that you're accountable to, to say, right, if you're held accountable, that is a key factor in reaching that goal. The Amazon's research showed that two-thirds of Australians, in fact, say being held accountable by someone else or being reminded daily is important to help you succeed. So here is where a smart speaker could come into play. Now, this is a study that was done by Amazon Alexa, and naturally Alexa features heavily in this in this story, in this study. But when you think about it, when are those factors that, that lead up to us not reaching our goals, there is some interesting ways where your Alexa speaker can step in and help you achieve those goals. Now, what they did in the study, they also uh, they spoke to they spoke to a, a psychologist, so an expert, sort of talking about how how they you can. It was it was a you know, clinical psychologist, Rebecca Ray. Her name is. She was the one who was talking about how you know the you, the being held accountable, uh, setting setting goals, not reminders, like rather than just say set setting being a bit more specific about what you want to achieve, having audio and visual cues as well. These all lead to a person reaching these goals. So here, what, what Dr. Ray said, some interesting stuff she, she looked at here, the six tips on being proactive to help reach your goals. So be focused and keep it simple. Choose specific goals and put it into action. Don't just set an alarm, set a reminder. Remove the decision-making. Get inspired and get in the zone and be rewarded. So you think about, what a smart speaker can do for you in this instance. Like Alexa can provide those audio and visual cues that I spoke about. It can set the reminders. It can set alarms. And my Alexa is actually talking to me right now. So I'm not talking to you. Alexa, stop. See, my Alexa speaker just heard us talking about her and she had to get involved. So here is the things you can do to improve yourself. So the the research showed that what Aussies want to improve is health and fitness, that's 70%, their mental health, 64%, finances, 62%, relationships, 53%, and sleep, 48%. So in terms of, let's talk fitness. You can ask uh, your smart speaker, I won't name her now, she might pipe up again, to set an alarm for 7am. So get ready and set a reminder and an alarm to get ready for whatever for your exercise. So you not only have the alarm, but also the reminder about what you're going to do. On the financial side, Alexa, you can set a reminder on the on a certain day of every month to pay your phone bill, pay other various bills. You can also ask Alexa to check your bank account as well. So there are some, some, um, some uh, shortcuts there some skills to be able to do that depending on which bank you're using. Now, mental health, I'm really surprised that was number two in the areas that we want to improve, which is, I think, a good thing. We sort of recognize the fact that we do need to set a good routine to keep us mentally healthy, 
And if you do have an Alexa speaker, you could set a morning routine, like start your day with some med- meditation or have the, use the mindful meditation skill to help you uh, if you want to be have some help relaxing. It'll share recommended skills for you to choose from as well. You can also even simple things like set a reminder for thing to do things like you know call call your mum, call your granddad, do do these things to maintain your relationships. To you know do the, the these the little tap on the shoulder that you can get from these speakers can help you then achieve those things. You can also on the sleep side, you can have set up a good night routine. So you're able to, if you have a speaker, for example, you can set a routine to play the best rain sounds before bed or just a certain type of relaxing music you want to play as well. You can set a reminder to go to go to bed at a certain time as well. So the reminder, the classic uh, set, set a, don't, don't just set a reminder, set something a bit more specific. So rather than saying the goal is get better sleep, set the reminder to go to bed at nine o'clock. So be, be a bit more specific with that. So it's interesting to see like we, we there are so many uses for these smart speakers. This was a really interesting study on how they can help you achieve your goals to to make to make yourself have a better quality of life, to maintain a better relationships, to improve your fitness, improve your finances, your mental health, all those things. Uh, and I think uh, with the number of smart speakers that we're getting in our home, yes, they can turn on your lights and yes, they can play the content and the radio and various things like that. But I don't think we've quite looked at the smart speakers in this way and how they can be used in such a way. Yes, you might have, you might have even already set reminders to do things or created shopping lists and various things like that. But you can use these to improve yourself as well. And we've just spoken about the many, many ways you can do it. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad band whole home mesh system opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Kicking off our reviews this week, we took a look at the new Arlo Pro 5 2K Spotlight security camera. And I've got to say, it is a vast improvement over their previous models. Arlo, one of the leading brands when it comes to security, wireless security cameras. They've been doing a lot of work uh, to improve the experience and the ease of use and the, the the app and the whole ecosystem. And the Pro 5 2K really does illustrate that. And you know what? They've even lowered pricing on most of these products. Like this brand new Pro 5 2K wire-free camera, on its own, one camera is 329 bucks. Which isn't too bad. Dual pack five ninety nine thousand and ninety nine for a four camera kit. So that's your whole home covered there. And uh, what's really improved 
across the board, there's improvements. But the first thing that we noticed and, and what we did with our review is we replaced two of our older Arlo cameras we've had there for a while. So we decided to upgrade those points of the house. The, the It's my front door and my back door uh, cameras. We, we installed the Pro 5 2K cameras there and the very first thing I noticed was the improved video quality, the 2K resolution, not just the resolution, but the 2K resolution with HDR. They've got high dynamic range, which means that there are maybe in parts of your video that you're looking at, the areas you cover, maybe bright sunlight or, or dark shadows. The, what the HDR does is allow you to see even more details in those areas, so you're not missing a thing. So that added detail also comes into play when you want to look at like things like people's faces, number plates. You can zoom in up to 12 times as well, by the way. So whether you're looking at a video, playing a video or live view through the camera, up to 12x zoom so you can see things even more clearly. You think about how important that is. If there is some sort of event or an incident on your property, you can see all this in greater detail, whether it's the car number plate, a person's face, their, the color of their clothing, it's got color night vision. So if it even happens at night, you can see uh, everything a lot clearer and more accurately as well. Now, it does have quite a viewing angle too. It's a 160-degree viewing angle, which if, if for, for many customers, one camera could cover an area that's, that usually would require two other cameras of other, other brand cameras to cover. So right there, you're getting an advantage with this, this wider viewing angle. So that was uh, that. That really improved things. So it enabled us to cover a wider area in our in the front of our house and the back of our house as well. But the other big feature of the Arlo Pro Five Two K cameras is the fact that now they support dual band Wi Fi. So connecting them, you don't have to find the two point four gigahertz network. It'll just find a network and connect to your to the network and you can if you if you do if you're an existing Arlo customer a couple of things will happen here number one you'll get a choice of connecting either directly to your Wi-Fi or you if you have a an Arlo smart hub it can connect to that as well I did have a smart hub so all my cameras are connected through that hub but if you're if you're if you don't have a hub or you're brand new to Arlo you can just connect directly to Wi-Fi and it, it works exactly the same way. The only advantage of having the smart hub is the fact you can it does support local recording. So I can put a micro SD card in the base of the in the base of this of the the smart hub and be able to record video locally as well as to the cloud. I'll talk later about Arlo Secure and what that involves. But that that's the advantage. Otherwise, it's exactly the same. And what we found with that dual band connectivity was that videos popped up a lot quicker. We had we we had just pressing on on a pressing on one of our cameras. We were looking at the video like seconds later, so that that less buffering, real speedier response time. That's one thing that was plainly noticeable with these new cameras. Uh, the other thing that you got to remember that built into the to the camera, of course, is a camera, but there's also a spotlight. So you can actually turn trigger that to turn on if it detects movement or just to turn it on manually through the app live. There's also a smart siren on board these cameras as well. So you might see someone suspicious on your property. You can do a few things. You can, you can turn on the smart siren, which is quite loud, and you can actually talk to them. There's two-way full duplex audio with these cameras as well. 
I've had conversations with people through the cameras because it's full duplex means that two people can talk at the same time. Before, the quality was a bit choppy because only one, it was like a walkie-talkie, only one person could talk, then another person could talk, so it was one at a time. Was full duplex, it's like a mobile phone call. You can be talking to someone. I've had conversations through these cameras, like with couriers and various people, even my family members. I happen to be checking in and, and see someone there and I say day. But the point is much clearer. So you can talk to whoever's in front of the camera quite clearly. You can trigger that alarm if it's someone you don't know or you want to get rid of somebody on your property. That That's the option as well. Uh, Built-in spotlight, that comes into play at night as well. So that's what, what helps provide the colour night vision also. Um, so that, that's, that's pretty impressive. So rather than having the black and white, just pure, just two colours, you can actually see colour at night as well thanks to that feature. The oh, I mentioned already the audio quality, massive improvement. Battery life, that's also been improved too. Arlo's saying up to 30% better battery life. Uh, so the reason for that is because the, the cameras now have a low power mode. So if it's just sitting there not looking at anything, it actually uses less power. And so that 30% increase in battery life, that that's weeks of difference when you look at it. Like normally it, it's probably like two or three months every time I need to charge the cameras and that's with the re the regular cameras. So I add thirty percent to that. That's an extra month of of power to the camera. So that's huge. And, and I think that what what also helps that is the the faster connection with the dual band connection. So having having a weaker connection would actually strain the battery. It's like if you've got a mobile phone and you live in a in a poor reception area the phone's effort to try to continually connect to the network is actually waste more battery than having a really good connection because it's no effort to connect. So similar, I think, with the with the cameras, the fact that you got that speed at your disposal and all that, that low power mode, end result, way more battery life, 30% more, which, as I said, could result in weeks more between charges. So the, of course, the companion app is part of the deal here. And if you are moving up from a, say you've got an, this is what happened with us. We, we moved up from our current Arlo range of cameras because we included the Pro 5 2K. When we chose that to add that as the device, the app actually updated as well. So the, that triggered an upgrade to the app, which it, it, it looked slightly different in terms of design, but also gave us a lot more features that were easier to access. And, and by that, I mean, with the previous the previous Arlo app, for whenever I left the house and I wanted to arm the camera. So arming the cameras means that if there's any movement at all, I'm going to get a notification. So they're on armed mode. So they'll send me notifications. And that that's a couple of steps to find that in the app. And similarly, when I come home, I can either turn everything off or uh, just, just you can set rules on how, what time you want the monitoring. So obviously, you want to when you're not home, so you can do it by location, or uh, in the middle of the night when you're asleep, you might set it to do that as well. But now with this new app, it's got quite clear uh, modes at the top of the screen: arm away, arm home, and standby. Arm away is when you're not home, of course. You set the motion notifications you want to receive. Arm Home will still detect motions, but will give you control of receiving reduced notifications depending on the rules you set. And standby basically means all cameras are working, but all notifications are turned off. And as I said, you can set rules 
on when you want to set notifications are sent and who receives them as well. You might want a neighbor to receive it or you, uh, some, a family member. Someone else can receive that as well. Now, when you install the camera, you do get three months free subscription to Arlo Secure, which is the service that allows you to control, to store up to 30 days of your recordings, but also to, uh, to include smart notifications. So you're able to set notifications based on people, vehicles, animals, and packages. So if you decide, look, I only want to get notifications for people uh, and not for anything else, you can choose that. You want all of them, but it is smart enough to distinguish between all those, all those things. Uh, and look, naturally, it's a weatherproof camera, so you can put this inside or out. Outside is where all my cameras are. So there's a front door camera. I've got a camera looking down the side of the house, so look near my car. I've got one at the back. I've got one. I've got a camera because I'm, I'm, I'm big into my astrophotography. So I've got a big telescope and a shed out at the back of my house where I'm, I'm shooting, uh, shooting my images. I've got a camera that looks down at my scope. So if I'm inside and my scope is sort of doing a, like a two or three hour run, uh, I can see the position of the scope, make sure it's, it's nothing's getting tangled. I've also got a camera that looks out across the backyard and also includes uh, looking up into the sky. So I can just from wherever I am, I can see if it's cloudy or not. So I can see if, I, if I'm going to get the scope out that night. So that, that's how I place my cameras. But you you have the all the choices that you want for your place, what suits you. That's the beauty of it. And that 160-degree wide, uh, wide viewing angle is uh, remarkable as well. You can also add things like on one of mine, on one of my Arlo cameras on my, my Astro Shed, actually, I've got a solar panel. So I never need to charge that camera. It's always powered thanks to the solar panel. You can do the same yourself for the 5 Pro 5 2K camera. There is also extra large capacity batteries and housing you can buy. So the larger battery comes with the larger housing. Naturally, you can't have one without the other. So that's an option too. So even longer battery life with that extended, it's like basically twice the size of the regular battery. You can get the XL housing, which uh, comes with the XL battery as well. Camera also works with your various speakers. So Alexa, Google Assistant, there's also uh, IFTTT support. So that's if this, then that. So for easy interaction, uh, you, there's all, you can, through the speakers, you can then control things or monitor things just using your voice. The Arlo Pro 5 2K, $329 for a single camera, as I mentioned, $599 for two cameras, $1,099 for a four camera kit. If you are entering this area for the very first time, I would recommend the the Pro 5 2K. Great way to start. Just you can even start whether you want to start with a single camera or buy a two camera kit. Five nine nine. That's less than three hundred per camera you're getting there. And even if you go for four, that that's even better value. So that's your whole house covered. Connects directly to Wi-Fi. You get the app. Free three months. Arlo Secure. You can then choose to to spend uh, whatever plan you want. I think they start at about four ninety five a month and upwards, depending on the number of cameras and the things you want to do. So it really does up your protection and your security and your peace of mind around the things that you value, your home. When you're not home, you want to know that everything's safe and secure. And the best way of doing that is having a product like this, the Arlo Pro 5 2K camera. You want you keep yourself and your family safe, then this is, and your home safe, of course, 
this is a great way to do it. If you haven't got these yet and you're thinking about getting into the market, I highly recommend, my review is up on Tech Guide. highly recommend the Arlo Pro 5 2K. Really easy to install, really easy to manage, great ecosystem, really good app as well. You can't go wrong. The Arlo Pro 5 2K review, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Well, DJI is at it again. We spoke not long ago about the Inspire 3, uh, which I'm desperate to receive to review, but they've released another drone, the Mavic 3 Pro. And what sets this apart is the fact it's got a triple camera system. So it's got the, the camera at the front. You see the pictures on Tech Guide. There's three lenses coming out the front. So it's a slightly larger camera system. But the idea of this, it's, it's like your smartphone. So your smartphone camera system has a wide angle, a telephoto, and just a regular camera. So they're all there working together, different focal lengths as well, so that the aerial photographers have even more choices. They can be a bit more creative with what they're doing. So the the triple camera system, they, they have 24 millimeter, 70 millimeter, and 166 millimeter focal lengths. So that's good for wide angle, medium tele shots. All of those choices are now at your disposal with the Mavic 3 Pro drone. So the, the medium telecamera, so it's a 70 millimeter format equivalent, you can be used for a variety of things, like doing things like framing buildings, framing cars for commercial shoots. Uh, the ha, There's 3X optical zoom with that camera as well, capable of 48 megapixel and 12 megapixel photos, 4K video at 60 frames per second, and uh, also has there's a Hasselblad camera on board as well, and that supports 12-bit RAW photos up to 12.8 stops of native dynamic range. Photographers, uh, this is music to their ears hearing this, and the fact that it can be achieved out of a drone is remarkable. Now, on the video side, you can achieve uh, up to 5.1K at 50 frames per second, or DCI 4K at 120 frames per second. Now, there is a model, the Mavic 3 Pro Cine, has other options for professional photographers with support for Apple ProRes 422 HQ, Apple ProRes 422, and Apple ProRes 422 LT encoding. The drone also has one terabyte of built-in storage and 10 gigabits per second cable speed, data speed, to easily transfer your data. So it helps you with your professional workflow. Now, flight time, hasn't this improved? 43 minutes, up to 43 minutes, which is huge. I think the Inspire 3 that we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, I think it had about 20, 28 minutes. And even though that had two batteries, it's a much bigger drone, but boy, haven't they created some amazing efficiency here? 43 minutes. So what that means is a photographer can worry more about their shots and less time looking at the battery level. Get the job done, then worry about the battery after 43 minutes. That's huge. And of course, on the safety side, it has eight wide-angle vision sensors, so it does really can protect you from obstacles in all directions. There are a lot of other additional features as well, including things like waypoint flight control, so you can plan a flight route based on preset waypoints, and precise repeat routes as well. So you can repeat that route 
precisely as well. You've got cruise control, so you can fly in any direction without having to press the control sticks for smoother movement during long-distance manual control. Uh, so it, it does help with that as well. Advanced return to home as well. So it does return to your home path and, and easily bypasses obstacles in its way as well. And of course, you got your signature intelligent features like focus tracking, master shots, quick shots, panoramas, the whole bit. And how much does it cost? Well, the Mavic 3 Pro is available this month. So just in the month of May, it is now available. And it is $3,099. And that comes with the DJI RC remote. If you want to get the Fly More combo, that's $4,199. And if you want to get the Fly More combo with the remote with the screen built in, that's the DJI RC Pro. So the Mavic 3 Pro Fly more combo with the the remote with the screen on board. That's five thousand three hundred and twenty nine bucks. The Pro Cine Premium combination includes the remote with the screen, the camera improvements, all those added improvements. Six thousand nine hundred and thirty nine bucks. If you want to take a closer look, there's heaps to look at there. A lot of the detail that maybe some photographers know exactly what I'm talking about. But those other features I spoke about about ProRes and all those different resolutions. Photographers get it. That's why this is this is a sort of drone that's aimed at that more professional user. That's why it's called the Mavic Three Pro, I guess. Uh, but does that that the fact that it's got a triple camera system is a breakthrough. That's incredible. So having that is a having that on your, a drone will, and it's a it's a flying camera, of course. So really does really open up the possibilities for your creativity, whether uh, for whatever job you happen to be doing with uh, as a professional photographer a professional aerial photographer. You want to check it out, uh, take a closer look at the DJI Mavic 3 Pro. There's some great images there. Check it out at techguide.com.au. We've spoken many times in the past about robot vacuum cleaners and in particular Ecovacs. Ecovacs has been at the forefront of the uh, robot vacuum market in Australia. They've been around for a while, and what I like about Ecovacs is that they're continually releasing new models, and the technology is filtering down to the entry-level models, and I think they've achieved a breakthrough with their very latest one. The N10 Plus robot vacuum has all those features, vacuum and mopping and all these amazing features, like 4,300 PA suction, true mapping technology, five hours of runtime, and an auto empty charging station, the N10 Plus robot vacuum with all those things I just spoke about is now priced. They've released it for under a thousand bucks. It's nine hundred and ninety nine bucks. This is a breakthrough in terms of what you're getting bang for your buck. This same product a couple of years ago would have been well over fifteen hundred, even up to two thousand dollars. But again, it's Ecovacs. They've been in the market for so long. Have have this the uh, uh, this this new the, the the trickle down effect of their technology. They're getting more customers in now, and this is significant. The fact that this is nine hundred and ninety nine bucks could mean the difference now for customers who were thinking about maybe getting a, a fully fledged robot vacuum and mopping system, and now seeing this well, this could be the time for them to jump into the market. Now, the idea, of course, is to, for this to save you time. You you want to be able to get back some of your valuable time but also still keep your house clean and tidy, uh, you can do that and all without you having to lift a finger, vacuuming, mopping. The uh, the auto empty station can store up to six weeks of dust 
and and in in the in this unit itself. So it's a real hands off yet hygienic cleaning system. Now Ecovacs has been in the market as I said for quite a while, and it has saved users. This is according to their research, more than three million hours of a year of cleaning time. You think of that, three million hours a year. And it's covered enough ground in its cleaning amongst its customers in Australia. The amount of, of ground it's covered is the equivalent to the surface of cleaning the surface of the MCG more than 2,300 times. That is a lot. And what I like about it is the fact that it, it includes all of the features that that were not so long ago were flagship features. So I'm talking that's that suction power 43,000 pa, and that's that gets into the into your the dust and debris and crevices and various things like that to your deepest carpet fibers. A lot of people ask me, are these any good? Do they do they actually clean well? And they actually do. Over the years, they've really improved, and with that sort of suction power, that's really made this an amazing cleaning system. And of course, it mops as well. So in the same sweep can go out vacuuming carpets. When it hits the hard floors, it'll start mopping as well. Now with the 5,200 milliamp hour battery, that means it can clean for up to five hours on a single charge. So it can get around your house uh, in a really efficient way. The way it does that is with another feature that's included, which is the true mapping laser-based system. So what it does, it uses these uh, these sensors and lasers to map your home. So when you look on the app, you'll actually see your floor plan because that's exactly what it's what it's looked at and what it's seen. So it can can give you can find the most efficient cleaning path in your home. Now the auto empty station, as I said, stores up to 60 days of dust and debris. It's got a 2.5 liter disposable dust bag. So you can set this and forget it and just empty it after six weeks. That's a pretty good deal to me. The, the D-Bot N10 Plus, $9.99. Getting quick. I don't think they're going to last long at that price. They're available now at Bingley, Godfrey's, Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, and The Good Guys. And if you want to take a closer look for yourself, check it out at techguide.com.au. You're listening to Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. It's a new year and our digital generation continues to see a rise in cybercrime and data breaches. Don't leave your devices without protection or your personal information open to exposure. It's time to have a plan to keep your devices and personal information protected. Save your time and money should the unthinkable happen and your devices are at risk to cyber threats like malware, ransomware, or viruses, or your personal information being exposed to cyber criminals looking to trade your details on the dark web. Introducing Norton 360 Platinum with device security, a VPN for online privacy, parental controls and identity protection with dedicated restoration support and dark web monitoring. You have a comprehensive plan in place to help ensure your information stays in private. It's peace of mind for your devices and your identity. With Norton 360 Platinum, if you become a victim of identity theft, you'll have access to their dedicated identity restoration specialists to help you address your identity theft claim and help you resolve it. Norton 360 Platinum is available now at Harvey Norman, JB Hi-Fi, or online at au.norton.com. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. 
The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by Belkin, our great mates at Belkin, belkin.com forward slash AU. Whether it's a car charger, whether you want a, a MagSafe product, a power bank, really high quality cables, they've got you covered. Check it out, belkin.com forward slash AU. Now, we seem to be traveling again. Everyone's out and about. Everyone's asking the same question. I think we're approaching the uh, Northern Hemisphere summer here, so everyone's planning their holidays. And the question I'm all getting again, after COVID, not many people were traveling before during COVID, I should say. But now that we're all out and about, the question of what do I do with my phone has come up again. Now, there's a couple of things you can do. If you are a if you've got an Australian SIM card, of course you've got an Australian SIM card, look at the roaming options of your telco. Vodafone has five dollars a day international roaming. Optus recently introduced five dollars a day international roaming. Optus uh, caveat, though, is that it's restricted to five gigabytes of data a day. Vodafone lets you use your plan as if you're in Australia, so there's no limit to your daily data usage. I think Telstra has a plan uh, of daily roaming. I think it's about 12 bucks a day. I could be wrong, but they're the options of roaming with your existing SIM card. If, you're, if you decide to buy a SIM when you arrive, prepaid SIMs are pretty cheap. They give you a lot of data, so that allows you to use your phone. You won't have your Australian phone number, of course, but you will be able to use data anywhere. You'll be able to text people from, so say there's a group of you going together, maybe a family, you can all get SIM cards and then be able to then share your numbers so you can still contact each other locally and even call each other locally, which is handy, and then still have all the data that you need. And that same data can then be used for you to call home with FaceTime or Skype or whoever you want to call home, you can do that as well. So Really important, I think, for people to work out before they go. You don't want to get there and then come home to a massive bill. Best thing to do, even prepaid, like Boost Mobile even have uh, international roaming plans now. So there are a lot of options and there are affordable options too, which is great. So I think do do your homework. You don't want to be caught out with a massive bill when you get home. That is the end. That's the end of our show for this week. Thank you for hanging in there. If you need to find out about anything we've spoken about on the show, you can check it, of course, at techguide.com.au. And we'd love to hear from you. So be get in touch. Info at techguide.com.au is our email. You can also click on the Ask Stephen icon on the right-hand side there, and that will get an email to me as well. We want to give a special thanks to our great sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.